Hey guys, and welcome back to Quality Shot. Now, before we get into this, do remember to smash the like button and do subscribe to the channel if you're new as well. If you're a podcast listener or watcher, do remember to leave a rating or review. Amanda Anissimova versus Naomi Osaka. It was for me the pick of the women's matches in the first round of Roland Garros. And I just couldn't believe it when I did the draw preview. I couldn't believe that we were going to get this first round. I was happy because it's going to be a great match, but also a bit disappointed that it was happening so early on. In the end, though, Anissimo was just too strong, beating Osaka in straight sets, and it pretty much went the way that I thought it might go, uh, unfortunately, because I say unfortunately as I really like Osaka. I really do. I like the way she plays. I think it's really exciting, but it's so hard to say that Anissimova is also not a really exciting player to watch. She really is. At 20 years of age, she reminds me a little bit of Osaka when she was that age, to be honest with you. And uh, Osaka has had her trials and tribulations recently. We know Clay's not her, her favorite surface. It's her worst surface by quite a distance. But I think she's still extremely talented. She's, she's still very, very difficult to play against, especially because she hits her ground strokes almost harder than anyone that I can think of on tour. And this is not very far off, though. So we're going to break it down post-match, talk about it. We'll go through some of the stats as well, of course. You can see there. Anissimova getting it done 7-5-6-4. Very impressive performance by the 20-year-old, 27-seed Amanda Anissimova. Of course, she's made a semi-final of Roland Garros before. She is a very talented player, and I think her ranking at 27 uh, or 27th seed doesn't really reflect how dangerous she can be. Uh, of course, making semi-finals of grandstands in the past. She's still so young, and I have a feeling that we're going to be seeing her in the top 10 sooner rather than later, that's for sure. Um, let's go through the stats for the match then. So <clears throat> you can see here some very interesting stats. I mean, winners to unforced errors, 27 for Nisimova, 29 uh, unforced errors as well for the American. So almost as many winners to unforced errors. I mean, that's, I feel like that is what tennis players are looking at. They're looking at, especially after they finish a the match, one of the biggest things they look at is, okay, well, how many winners to unforced errors did I hit? Because they're normally looking to have it at least even Stevens. They don't want more unforced errors than winners. She has slightly more, but that's not that's not bad going. You have to also take into account that forced errors are not a stat. They should be, in my opinion, but forced errors aren't. So that's of course shots that are, you know, hit cleanly. And you know, you might think, oh, that's a win in your head, but it actually the opponent's got a racket on it. Um, or you know, it's kind of very, very tough for them to get it anywhere back into court. It's not counted as a win, it's, called as a, it's counted as a forced error, but there's no stats for that. So, yeah, can't look into that. But either way, Inisimova, pretty decent uh, return there. Osaka, though, 13 winners to 29 of unforced errors. So that means she hit more than double the amount of unforced errors to winners. That is not great going for Naomi Osaka. Uh, she'll be really disappointed with that. She, so, she showed flashes of brilliance and... Flashes of the player we know she is. Uh, some fantastic backhands up the line, the forehand as well. But just lacked a bit of, I think, variety. She did try to slice the forehand uh, defensively in a lot of instances. She had some success with it, but majority of the time, Anissimo was able to kind of just push forward on that. Uh, Osaka just seemed a little bit one pace to me in, in a way. I know she sliced the forehand sometimes, but that was only really when it was a desperate kind of a last ditch, I need to try and stay in the rally um, 
kind of shot. It wasn't one which she was looking to go to. Uh, Anissa Mova, however, was just able to soak it up. And she's the type of player that she's able to stick with a cycle. There's not many players on tour that can soak up a cycle's pressure and then almost return the ball back with interest at times. And she's able to. She's able to do it really effectively as well, the American. And I think Osaka, I think it troubles Osaka that someone's able to keep up with her and her pace on the ground strokes and actually, uh, at times, make it even harder for her. So I think it's not an amazing matchup, I would assume, for, uh, for Naomi Osaka. And of course, she lost to her in the Australian Open, which was a title that she's really, really comfortable on it's a surface she's really comfortable on and it's something that you know she would have looked at beforehand and thought i lost that tennis i over i was a reigning champion it's on a surface i love but i still didn't do particularly well against her she managed to kind of one-up me right and yeah not not great whatsoever um but yeah they've only actually played each other twice if i'm not mistaken as well and both times and was beating her so for me not a great matchup at all for Saka as well. I just don't think it is. Also, something interesting when we get into the serving stats is Anissimova serving. I want to touch upon that and her second serve. I don't know whether you guys noticed this, but I'll go into it in a second. I might have misread it completely because maybe, you know, when I was really paying attention to a second serve speed, maybe I just saw a couple of times when it happened, but there doesn't seem to be a massive disparity between her first and second serve. We'll go into it. Uh, but serve rating there, you can see 20. Well, 272 even to 222 for Osaka. So that's obviously a rating, judging how well they've been serving generally. Uh, so that's aces, double faults, catered in, first serve percentage, first serve points one, second serve points one, etc. So aces, you can see here, five aces for Nisamova, four for Osaka. We know that Osaka's first serve is, is elite. It really can be. Um, but the big issue was a double fault. You can see two for Nisamova, eight for Osaka, I mean, double the amount of double faults to aces is not ideal. And she did something very similar and has been doing it throughout the clay court swing is her first set percentage has been really low and she needs to work on it. I don't know. I would assume that she's practicing it lots and it's just not translating onto the match court, but there needs to be a reason for it. Now, technically, I haven't looked into it in detail looking at, well, I haven't looked it in, in, I haven't looked into it, sorry, even in detail at all on her first set percentage. I haven't looked into the technical aspect uh, as to why she might be faltering on it, but there's something obviously missing there. Uh, 45% of first serves made, and that has been a pretty similar stat throughout the whole clay court swing. The first serve percentage has been around 45%. But look at the first serve points one. It's always around the 72% mark, 70 or more. And being in the 70 to 80 percentile, and then signifies to you how effective a first serve can be. The one plus play isn't always incredible, but when she does commit to it and when she moves well, it's very, very hard to combat. Her forehand and her backhand are both weapons. Uh, and as long as she's not hitting a lot of unforced errors like she did today, uh, then you know that first serve points one percentage would be up even higher. So you look at that and you just think, if only she'd made more first serves. Because you look at Anissa Mova, she's made 72% of first serves. First serve points won 66%. Second serve points won 61%. And the biggest thing for me as well is that Asaka, yes, has a very good serve and she hits her spots great. She really does. Anissa Mova doesn't hit them as much as Asaka, in my opinion, on the first serve. But 
the pace is there. She hits her first serve as hard as Osaka's. Uh, they both got two of the hardest first serves on tour. It makes a difference on the women's tour. It really does. There is a big gap between some of the other players. Some are not even serving past the 100 mile per hour mark. These guys are serving consistently past the 100 mile per hour, mile per hour mark. Consistently serving uh, big and serving big a lot of the time. It makes a big difference because it gets you on the front foot. It means you get shorter returns, unreturnable serves, aces at times if you hit your spots. And it makes a big, big difference. Uh, so, and second serve points one as well, by the way, from Anissa Mova. That's really, really impressive at 61%. I have to say, I thought Anissimova served really, really well. But the biggest surprise to me was that her second serve speed is quite similar to her first serve speed. Almost identical. So she was serving, so I think kilometers per hour, it was over 160, mile, over 160 kilometers per hour, right? Which is, if I'm not mistaken, it's like 105, 110 miles per hour around that ballpark, if I'm not mistaken. Her second serve was the same. It was the same. Now, I don't know whether that's because there was a period of the match where she just felt her second serve, um, that she could go for it bigger, or she thought, actually, you know, the first serve was... I mean, look, she hit 72% of the min, so she's probably thinking, well, if I miss that, I probably can make it on the second serve. Just hit another first serve on my second serve, and most likely I'll make it. Maybe she thought that. I don't know. But it'll be interesting to you know, keep an eye on going forward in the tournament, whether she continues to do that, because I wonder whether she'll then have some matches where she says a lot of doubles because she's continually doing that, or whether she thinks, oh, actually, hold on, today, my first serve percentage is not at 72%, it's actually around the 60% or the 50% mark, I'm actually going to hit, you know, a, a kick second serve or a slice second serve, right, that's got less pace on it, but I need to make sure I'm not hitting double faults. If I hit into the backhand corners or, you know, hit my spots on the second serve, I can still win my points on it. It'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see. Yeah, first, uh, I mean, returning, we don't need to really look into because it's just the opposite figures of uh, the, or contra figures, really, of the serve stats. And then pressure point ratings, really interesting, actually, because uh, Osaka actually picked Anissimo over in the pressure point rating, 53% to 47%. That, to me, then signifies that Anissimo would just play better overall because she won in straight sets. Um, and yes, in the pressure points, Osaka clearly had some success. Well, it's pretty even, Stevens, really. But Anissimova just managed to get it done. Uh, and she was so far ahead, especially in the, the last... I mean, the last game where she won it on, she was 40-love up, right? And she did burn a couple of match points, but got it done at 40-30. And you just feel that Osaka didn't return well at all. I thought her returning was not amazing. She's been trying to work on it. I know she's mentioned it multiple times, but on the clay, she should be having a lot of success on the returns because she's got a lot more time to, you know, to time the return and make sure that she makes it back into court. So it's disappointing that she hasn't really taken huge leaps on the return. I've seen it in some instances, but against Anissa Mover is where you're really going to see what holds up because... She's a very good server. Uh, she's a very powerful server as well. So Osaka's return not really holding up against Anissimova, uh, which is a little bit disappointing. But she is trying to work on her game, Osaka. We know that. It's just frustrating, I think, for a tennis fan generally to see that she's struggling to, I guess, get to those heights that she was at previously. So we'll see whether she's able to get back there. But 
at the moment, it's been an uphill struggle, that's for sure. It is an uphill struggle. Anissimo, though, she marches on. She's going to be a nightmare for anyone that she faces at Roland Garros. Sakari, she's now on course to face her uh, at some point later down the road if they both keep winning. And I would back Anissimova, honestly. I really like Sakari, but I just think Anissimova would have too much firepower for her. Let's see, though. Let's see how Anissimova gets on. It was my prediction that she'd beat Osaka in my bracket, so at least I got one right after Onzajabur completely destroyed my bracket yesterday. Um, but yeah, great, great tennis, big hitters, a really exciting match. Couldn't, you know, I was definitely thoroughly entertained. So a lot of breaks of serve. And in the end, Anissimova came out victorious. Thanks very much, guys, as well, for tuning in. Really do appreciate it. Please do remember to smash the like button, please, if you haven't done so already. And do remember to subscribe if you're new to the channel. If you're a podcast listener or watcher, then please do remember as well to leave a rating or review. It really does help us out. It makes a huge difference. Uh, so thank you very much. And do consider becoming a member. Uh, the link uh, to the membership is on the channel. It's the join button. Thanks very much, guys. Stay safe and well. We'll see you in the next video.